0: Welcome to Beyond the Sermon, where a this is a podcast where it is not an award show that where we try to determine who has the best sermon for the week, but it is a behind the scenes as you go through the uh, <laughs> go through the sermon text. Dave Edorf is pointing down to Will Harley, and uh, as we go through the sermon text, talk about what we preached, talked about uh, what we did not have time to cover, talk about the text because really that is. Uh, one of the reasons, at least for me, for why I'm being a pastor is I get to explore and, be, and deep do a deep dive in God's Word every week. So today I'm joined with uh, Pastor Will Harley from the Maribel Caves, not the Maribel Caves, but from his cave in Maribel at St. John Maribel. And i we are also we are also joined uh, with the Full Hand of Fellowship, uh, Dave Endorf. From Brooklyn Lutheran Heights, in a Brooklyn Lutheran Church in Brooklyn Park, uh, Minnesota. He uh, just recently had surgery on his on his hand, so that's why he's got his hand in the cast. So uh, here we are, and we're talking about the text for today. Uh, this is for, I believe, what is this? Uh, proper Sunday, Proper Twenty Two, Pentecost Twenty One,
1: <laughs> Pentecost 19. 19 the nineteen, it's
0: the new. Yes, so if, this is a text you either heard the previous Sunday or you will hear this coming Sunday, depending on which lectionary you are using. So the Old Testament reading for this day was from Isaiah chapter five, talking about uh, the Lord and His vineyard. But we do not have the triumvirate today. That we do not have the trifecta. Two of us have preached on Matthew, so you're going to get a double dose of Matthew today. So without further ado, let's get into uh, Philippians uh, chapter 3, verses 12 to 22. Um, you can't see the top of that, can you? Here we go. Not that I have obtained this or I have already reached the goal, but I pressed on to take hold of that which Christ Jesus also took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself to have taken hold of it yet, but there is one thing I do, forgetting the things that are behind And straining toward the things that are ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize for the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let all of us who are mature continue to think this way, and if you think differently about anything, God will reveal this to you too. Only let us think the same thing and walk in line with what we have already attained. Brothers, join together in imitating me and in paying attention to those who are walking according to the pattern we gave you. To be sure, many walk as enemies of the cross of Christ, as I told you about Them often, but now I'm saying it, while weeping, their end is destruction, their God is their appetite, and their glory is in their shame. They are thinking only about earthly things, but our citizenship is in heaven. We are eagerly awaiting for a savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. By the power that enables him to subject all things to himself, he will transform our humble bodies to be like his glorious body. So Dave... Walk us through your text today. So the the
2: sermon, I, I took the theme, you know, how can we forget the past? Because uh, a lot of society seems to, and people, get stuck on the past. I talked about how, um, how, how we should stop talking about the past, and that's well actually i started with it, it it's not a one-time thing it's an ongoing process of forgetting the past as paul talks about it and and so part of that is to stop talking about it to recognize you know that if we keep with our own sins having to to continually justify them that you know that's a recognition of uh we're not relying on the cross of christ you know and so we we just go back to it is finished and, and keep going back to the cross and stop justifying ourselves when it comes to other people, you know, that we move away from that cycle of somebody does something to me. So I I get angry about it and I got to tell people about it. I got to gossip. I got to, I got to get worked up about it. And instead we go to they're forgiven and, Uh, Christ died for their sins, but he also sits at the right hand of the Father to take care of me. And so I I look for those blessings in my life. And then we, 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 as Paul continues, what we really want to focus on in our text is to press on towards the goal, which is maturity in Christ, which is is getting to heaven, which is living a, a Christian life, and that is to, to grow in the word, that God is the almighty creator of the universe who loved us so much. He died for our sins. He's never going to come to an end of the, the blessings that he wants us to have from from growing in his word and then putting them into action in our lives, which is um, an amazing thing because there's always one more blessing out there. There's always one more good thing. You know, it's, it's like, I use the example of Scrooge McDuck, you know, cause he'd, he'd jump into his, his uh, pile of coins. Yep. And then he'd come out with like a, uh a, a crown on his head or something and and that's the the person who is well versed in god's word is is like a rich man who brings out of his storehouse treasures old and new and so we we keep looking for that next treasure that next blessing and and pressing on towards you know okay this is what i've got but god has more and that's a, a wonderful thing um and and so we recognize that we're living up then to what we already have. We already are God's dearly loved and forgiven child. We're already forgiven for, um, for all of the t- those times when we have sinned, when we haven't been as forgiving as we should have, when we haven't been as mature in the faith as we should have, when we haven't done what we should have done. And so... You know, everything's a fresh start. Everything is washed clean. Every every mercy of God is new every morning. And that's how we get to live our lives as Christ. Although I don't think I said it quite that well Sunday.
0: Um, and then... Did you guys ever find that when you're, like, you're doing the sermon to your shut-ins, that like, if you are, if it's, like, early in the week... And you're just doing pre- the previous Sundays and you're like, you know what, I really wish I would have preached that yesterday.
2: <laughs> oh yes. Yes. Yeah. Um and, and then the, the last point was finally um you know, looking ahead to our citizenship in heaven. That uh, you know that you know, that's the rest that is there for us that now it's one blessing after another, but um you know that's when we can take that sigh of of peace and, and rest and, and confidence and say um you know it's complete it's reached its its purpose and we're done and we're not gonna have to deal with any of these problems anymore and and the problems of our our bodies where you know, we did this or we wore glasses or asthma or knees or or whatever it is for each person, because that's that's our real home. That's where we really belong. And and that's how we get to live our lives as as citizens of heaven. And that's how we get to see ourselves always. You know, I'm here now, but this is not who I am. I'm God now and always.
0: yeah um anything that you liked in the text that you're like i just don't have time to talk about this
2: oh yeah um you know talking about what you know that attitude of of not having already obtained all of this and that humility that paul had um yeah because here's a guy who, you know from the outside looked like he could have already a- attained all of this. you know he he was he he rebuked the apostle Peter, you know how how can you not say he's already got it, but he he didn't and, I, and you know his example in that um,
0: then in all the missionary journeys that he went on, you would say, like what more could he do? Yeah. Oh, definitely.
2: And, and I think that adds depth to that whole idea of, you know, there's always more blessings, you know, if Paul hadn't gotten there, you know, and, and you think about Luther who read the catechism constantly, because, um, you know, there there's always more to apply to your life. There's always more. um, And, and if he hadn't gotten to the end of it, who am I to say I've gotten to the end of it? And yet I do. I'm, you know, I look at catechism class sometimes, and I'm like, oh, this is boring. Why do I have to do this again? And, uh, yeah, uh,
1: but I think and, that's, uh, that's that intersection, right, <clears throat> between the this the way our sinful nature works on on us, even as redeemed people of God. Um, the the sinful nature wants to work on us in a different way, and maybe not always uh, stripping us completely, but saying you've learned enough. You, you've got enough, you've done enough, you've received enough. Um, be content with what you have. Don't, don't try for anything more. Um, yeah. and like you said, the beautiful, the beautiful words of, of, um, to, to us from, well, Paul who suffered with that is saying there's never enough. God wants us more God to give us more and there's more always for us. Um, as we grow, um, So I I think that's a, that's a, that, that important intersection because we, you brought up catechism. How many of our kids, I've learned enough parents you learned enough. You went through catechism class. Um, It's never, never enough. Right.
2: And even that idea of just, it's enough is, is entirely selfish, you know, and it's, you know, especially for me as a pastor, I've learned enough. Well, for me, maybe I've learned enough to get me to heaven. But if that's all my goal is, you know, I'm showing no love for the people I serve, for the people I care about. I'm showing no love for my wife, who I I should want to to be a better husband for. For you know, um, and then oh, oh yeah, and this is why Peter says that that sin wars against our soul. You know, that, that it, it's not just making us feel bad about the things that we have done wrong, but it's also, oh, I've done enough, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut my faith off and, and let it wither on the vine and, and all kinds of other, you know, subtle temptations to self-destruction that um, we might not pick up on.
1: Yeah, that's, that's the deceptive nature. You know, we talked a a little bit about this in Bible study. Um, The fact that that a congregation that is, and it's really anything, it's not just a congregation, but it's, it's world powers. If they're not growing, right? If they're not, if it's not advancing, it's, it's dying. Um, And the same thing with our faith. You know, if our faith isn't advancing, it's dying. And, and, I mean, that's just what it is. It, it eventually will atrophy and then eventually it will, it, it will become weaker and weaker and weaker and fade. Um, <clears throat> so that's a, that beautiful tension because we take rest in our and comfort in our Lord that, that I'm, I'm, I'm okay. Right. God and I are on good terms because of Christ. And yet I'm not okay. <laughs> I don't, I don't have enough, I don't have enough skills to serve the people that God keeps putting in my life. I don't have enough experience in, in, in handling the means and the, and the grace that God keeps pouring into my life. Um, I, I don't, I don't say thank you enough as I should appropriately. Um, I don't pray enough as I should appropriately. Um, And so either I'm growing in that by the strength of Christ and by the work of the Holy spirit and his word, or I'm not. And, and I'm, I'm falling further and further behind. And and that's
2: really where where gospel motivation is so key. You know, I, I keep growing not because I, I have a fear of, of failure or or worry, but because I know there are more blessings out there. You know, this is the greatness of God and his love for me. And so, you know, God's word guides me and, and tells me what to do and how to apply it. But I do it in the confidence of, you know, my resurrected Savior at at the Father's right hand and His never ceasing control of this world and love for me, and so you you have in that sense you have both, you know the the and that's the law that gives freedom that Paul talks about, which is such an amazing gift for
0: us. Um,
1: Amen. Because I like that. yeah.
0: Ah, huh. so, gospel lesson. Uh, that would be me, so now you got to move this over here.
1: And me. Yeah. You can go first if you'd like. Oh, save the best for last. No, I not the best me.
0: for last. This is not an award show. Did, didn't you just hear? Were you listening to anything?
1: It's not an award show. No. I was not listening to anything. If it's
2: not an award show, how did I win? How did I award Pastor Will
0: Harley the award for best sermon this week? We were just talking about the sinful nature, you know, how we like how God encourages us, but then there is this other force that this week it's not an award show. That <laughs> the, the funny not an is. award, yeah, it's not an, an award. award without listening. It's a burden. You are the best of us. Now you must be the best every Sunday.
1: You're the best <laughs>
0: around.
1: I'm going to have to go back and listen to that song now because it's stuck in my head.
0: Yeah. I have to watch out for swan kicks now. It's exegesis on Monday. All right. Uh, Matthew chapter 21, 33 to 43. Jesus says, Listen to another parable. There was a landowner who planted a vineyard, put a fence around it, dug a wine press in it, and built a watchtower. He leased it out to some tenant farmers and went away on a journey. When the time approached to harvest the fruit, he sent his servants to the tenants to get his fruit. The tenant farmers seized the servants. They beat one, killed another, and stoned a third. Then the landowner sent even more servants than the first time. The tenant farmers treated them the same way. Finally, he sent his son to them. They will respect my son, he said. But when the tenant farmers saw the son, they said to each other, This is the heir. Come, let's kill him and take his inheritance. They took him, threw him out of the vineyard, and killed him. So, when the landowner comes, what will he do to those tenant farmers? They told him, He will bring those wretches to a wretched end. Then he will lease out the vineyard to other tenants who will give him his fruit when it is due. Jesus said to them, Have you never read in the scriptures, The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone? This was the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. That is why I tell you the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people that produce its fruit.
1: Amen. This you preached God. my sermon for me. No. Um, so, yeah. my I would
0: have my, to do that in Greek in order to do that for you. I mean, you are the, the silver, the golden tongue over there.
1: Yeah, I don't In St. So. John Maribel. Um No, my, my sermon theme was um, what more could the landowner do? Um, <clears throat> and, and so it was kind of a question, but I didn't really tackle the question. It was, it was a different type of preaching technique that I I kind of was playing around with, which was, I, I really didn't, um, bring up even the, the sermon theme until we were maybe a good halfway through the sermon itself. Uh, maybe even on the, the last end of it. Um, but yeah, so I, I I started the sermon with taking a look at some of the the good story writers within our history. So I, I brought up C.S. Lewis, I brought up Tolkien, I brought up George Lucas, um, you know, who are some of the great story writers of our history. You
0: time. left out one, but that's okay. Go ahead. Which
1: which one did I leave out? Gene Roddenberry. I I was saying great story writers. <laughs> But no, I, so I, you know, I, I, I you, you can't be
0: perfect. I mean, you're, you can not have a perfect sermon. Be otherwise, be perfect otherwise people goodness. would, yeah, they would be let down week after week. Go ahead. Yes.
1: it I, You can't blaspheme against the space opera. Um,
0: Star Wars know. is the space opera. It's identified. It's self-identified as a space opera.
1: I, I know. That's ex- so I see now you're getting off track and, and I did not do that in my sermon. <laughs> I, I was very gracious and, uh, um, I, I let everybody stay who didn't like Star Wars. They could still listen to my sermon.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: but anyway, we started about these great story writers and 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 you know the purpose of the story writers um, of the of these beautiful writings like Narnia and um, Lord of the Rings mm-hmm. um, and even the original Star Wars. Not how they went off the rails, but the original Star Wars was, was picking off of. The nature of people, you know, they, they hit the chords, um, of who we are and the problems that we face and the problem of evil in the world and, and kind of, they, they play off these chords. And I said, in each of those stories, um, especially from those three writers, they, they have mastered the ability of, of, of a phrase that Tolkien actually coined, which was the catastrophe, where you have, you have something that was horrific, but it was good. It was a good horrific. Um, it was a good thing. In fact, it was the best thing. And how these writers kind of d- did that. And then I said, and if they were if they were good writers, the greatest one, the greatest storyteller, is Jesus Himself. And that's kind of how I worked into the the, the text that Jesus Jesus creates this story, this parable, and it's so relatable. I mean, it is so relatable that that you you are drawn into a landowner who gives everything. I mean, he he builds a fence to put boundaries, and he he builds, uh, um, um plants the vineyard with not just some grapes, but he went and he he made sure he went to 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 every single um. um arboretum to make sure that these grapes were going to flourish here and he puts them in. And then, then he's like, well, it's not just grapes, but they need to have a way to, to, to have a living to manufacture something. And so he provides a wine press so that they can make something of it. And then they need to guard it because the boundaries aren't enough. They need to be able to see um, things coming. And so he places a, a watchtower for a place for them to stay and a place for them to, 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 to be able to watch out for the dangers that'll come. I mean, he gives them everything that they need and, and then the price of it was results, right? That, that it wasn't even all of it. It was just a portion of it. You know, that, that what came from the, from the field would be shared that it would, that it would produce for, for all. And <clears throat> as you lead through, you know, you, you, you get the, you're wrapped up in this tale as short as it may be, you're wrapped up in this tale and how it came time for the results. And he sent servants and and the servants are in, in a quick escalation of violence. They're beaten, right? They're they're mistreated, uh, killed, um, all because these people that he had rented this place to, that he'd given the the charge to, didn't want to share the results. They they wanted them for themselves. And so I kind of I wrapped it up and I said, you know, this is where the story goes off the rails, right? This is where we are now approaching the U catastrophe of this tale because. The, the landowner had every right to say, well, you've mistreated my servants. I'm just done with you now. But instead, he sends more. And then, and then the pinnacle of the, the whole tale is he said, "You know, maybe, maybe it was my fault. Maybe, maybe it was my fault. It was the people that I sent. They weren't good enough. So I'm going to send my son, my only son, the son I love, the one I'm, I'm invested in, because they're going to respect him. And that was kind of my law moment. It was my, my law moment was, do we really respect him? I mean, even in the church today, do we really respect him? Right? In the sense of, um, do we do we come to this place knowing what we receive, and and not only loving what we receive, but respect what we receive, that we will give back, do what is his, right? Um, from what he has given into the church, what he has provided through his gospel, what he has given through his means, do we replace that and give it back into the church? or do we hoard it and do we say it's mine and I'm not going to get rid of it and I don't care about anybody else or anything else or the the honor and glory that he's due. And so that was kind of my law, my law moment. Do, do you respect him? And the answer is no. And so when when we see that escalating tension, we see what they did to the son and we did the same thing. I was there. I threw him out. I beat him. In fact, I did worse. I I put the nail in his in his hands and in in his feet and hung him upon the cross. And <clears throat> so that was my law moment. And my law moment was, was, uh, um, what do we deserve? Destruction. We're wicked. That's what we deserve. And I said, and then the text goes on and says, and so the landowner does, and then gives the land to someone else. And I said, but by grace, I'm the someone else too. And, and that was kind of my movement into, into the, into the gospel, which was, what more could he have done than give his son, which he did? What more could he have done than establish his church, his bounds, his grace through means to feed, to prosper, to grow us, to give us what we need? What more could he have done? He could give it back. And he did. And that that was kind of where my where I went into the gospel is, is because of the son who died for you, because of the work that he has done in, in your life through his means by the spirit, he gives back to you all the things he had established. You didn't deserve him. You deserved to die, but his son died in your place and you get right. And, and so we, we give it, we get it back to now live in it, to prosper in it, to share in it. And that's kind of where, where I went. Um and like I said, my my sermon title or theme didn't even come up until the very end. What more could he have done? Well hmm. he gave it back. That he he gave it back to you. So mine was somewhat similar.
0: Um I uh we could we wanna talk about mine, or do you want to talk about what you wanted to talk about first and then begin? Can...
1: Um I, I think we can well I, I I didn't I I'm just gonna say there were parts of the the text that I did not tackle so I didn't tackle um, the the cornerstone and and it being marvelous in God's sight um, I didn't really touch on any of that I, I kept it really to the parable itself sure and sure worked with that.
0: Um, I really struggled with this text because it's like how do you talk about a vineyard with people who don't know about vineyards like who don't understand. What's going like? How do I? But I was really gravitating on the the. uh, This is the middle of that confrontation between Jesus and the Sadducees. Like I I had that picture in my mind. They're that old Western town. They're they're the bullies that say we run this town, and Jesus is coming in and saying no, that I run this town, and uh, and and I was really struggling. Like how do you how do you talk about a vineyard? How do you talk about a cornerstone? And a lot of times my brothers are really helpful in when i can't I talk it over with them and sometimes i lean on my wife cuz i i would say this is what i'm trying to talk about cuz she's wondering like why are you like not why are you so agitated you know she's em, em, empathetic that way and I was like i can't figure this out and then then i was telling her this you know i i feel like this country you know this is a it's a country western and jesus is staring down the, the the pharisees and 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 then she's and how um and all of that. And then my wife says, it's kind of like we want to wear Jesus's cowboy hat. You know, wear the white hat. Jesus, can I wear your hat? And then that opened it up for me. Like, uh, that's the – because, Will Harley, when you had your um, – in our circuit, we've been going over, like, how do you do an introduction for your sermon? And Will Harley prepared this, like, the thought of all of his wisdom he's gained over the years about what, what should I have a – what should an introduction do? Should it should, should be a, like a chain that leads you from the, your, that person's life to tell you that this text you're about to hear from is relevant to you and 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 that and how that was such a struggle because it's a vineyard and, and and so on. And so then it was the, the dad and their kids borrowing their hats. And my kids, my hat collection, I have tons of hats. I used to. But as my kids got older, they would say, Dad, can I borrow your hat? And then, of course... Either they forget that it's mine or they want, hopefully, they are, they're hoping that I forget that it's mine so that they can keep it. And so that was the, that was the linchpin. And then I said how we as, I looked at the gospel ministry, this is Jesus saying, you, you uh, Sadducees, you have been given this sacramental ministry, this, uh, the means of grace in that form, in the Old Testament form of the, the Old Testament worship, and you think it's yours just like the vineyard, the servants thought, it was theirs to do with as they please. And Jesus is coming to get his hat back, and he's going to give it to someone else. And uh, so that was the, that was, so I painted that picture, and then I also painted the the picture of the Western where Jesus is, you know, he's staring this down, and I kept that picture in through the sermon, weaved it in. Uh, you know, you have my hat, Jesus. This is his ministry that he's giving to us, and if we think it's ours to do with as we please, that that was my law. That was the, we think this church, this building is ours to do with as we please, but rather Jesus is letting us borrow his hat. And this gospel ministry that's going on here, this is his hat. He's going to ask for, how are you, you know, this is his thing, not your hat. And I talked about how uh, my call day, I don't know if you guys had this experience on your call day when you got assigned, but my district president, who is now retired, he had this custom, this prank that he would pull on the, the graduates. So he would give you your, the call packet on call day. So here he, he'd hold it out and you'd grab it and then he would hold onto it and then tug it back to him. And then you're sitting there going, well, do I keep pulling at, you know, what's going on here? Like there's just a tug of war in the middle of the classroom. And then he would, until it was way too awkward. And then he would say, this is not your call. It's the Lord's call. And it was his reminder to, to me, which now is stuck, you know, 19 years later, of wherever I am, these are not my people, this is not my church, this is the Lord's church, these are the Lord's uh, people. And so that was, I started there, and then I, that was the law part for this church building. Yeah, your dad's built this, uh, you put money into it, but it is not your church, it is the Lord's church. You're wearing his hat. Um, And then I did, and uh, I did it kind of expand, and it wasn't just on the means of grace that this is the hat that he has given. I, I also saw a liberty to say, the first article stuff, like God has given you everything, your job, your possessions, your home. This is his stuff, his hat, and you're wearing it. Uh, how are you using it uh, to his glory? So that was where I was trying to make it for kids who aren't, in leadership positions of the church, or, or, or parents, you know, your children, they're given to you for a time, but they're his hat, and he's going to ask for it back. And then I did go, my gospel, it's like, where's, the, you know, the gospel was the stone, the builders rejected, how Jesus holds up promise, both to his hearers, cause, and also to us, um, we're, we are the ones that reject him, we are the ones that think it's our hat, but he goes to the cross for us, and because of what he has done, um, it's marvelous. It's not Jesus going and saying, this is such a sad thing that I'll go and die for you. But no, look at this glorious thing. I I, um, I did everything right, and I now I'm going to pay for all the times when you did everything wrong, and you thought it was yours, and you thought it was your hat, you thought it was your ministry, you thought it was your stuff. I'm going to do all this for you. Um, and And now... Here you get to you get to borrow my hat again, and that's how I wrapped it up. And uh, yeah, how, what could I have covered more? Um, I yeah, I didn't. I I did just talk about it just in terms of the, the means of grace. Is that, uh, is the is is what's in there? I did talk a little bit about sacrament. I did say the sacramental worship of the temple where god has washed them clean he has but then the the pictures of the temple uh, god is washing people oh the oh this is the one thing that uh, i really really I, I i did maybe like a sentence or two on but <clears throat> just last week i had ezekiel and so ezekiel had people who were blaming god for the sins of the father and so i thought if people heard that sermon where god says i each sin is accountable to me now you're going to hear this sermon which it, it seems like jesus is, put, is putting blame on the current leaders for what their predecessors had done, the only sentence I put in was, how did they treat John the Baptist, the greatest of the Old Testament prophets? Are they any different from their forefathers? No, they aren't. They rejected him just like the, um, the servants beat up all those, the servants in the, in the parable. And so I just left it at that, but I didn't really flush that out. Um, I what? just used John the Baptist as an example.
1: Like one of the comments said, you know, using the the uh, that analogy of the hat kind of made it relatable. Which actually was, it's neat that 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 was the linchpin for you and how in your sermon prep you were able, and in your preaching you were able to create that sermon to be the linchpin or the, that analogy to be the linchpin for other people to to kind of get them into the text. Um, you know, that's always the challenge in every sermon. The challenge in every sermon is, like you said in the beginning, that chain you know, how do you make it relatable? Um, I attempted to, to make it relatable by using stories, you know, and, and I worked from the way of the story. You Mm -hmm. work the way of the hat, you know, you can work the way of, of life, you know, that, that's kind of the way that, that wrong Dave went, you know, (laughs) you know, this is, and each of us are going to do it differently. And as we, as we work on the craft of preaching, hopefully we get better at it, but, yeah,
0: we heard somebody say something about that today. Like, we're, 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 we're given all these treasures that we can uh, keep going back to that God says we get to. Yeah.
1: yeah. And that's one of those things where where the craft of preaching never ends. And, and sort of where we are with this this whole podcast is to recognize that we are human. We're not going to be able to hit everything that God says. Because the Lord in his word is infinite knowledge and grace to us is, is multifaceted. And you can have a hundred different ways to approach the text. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in God's grace. But the fun part is, is to see how each of us does approach it, you know, and, and we have the opportunity, um, Pastor Rudat and I, uh, with another brother to study the text every week and we get to be with that and, and kind of do that. Um, Dave, wrong, Dave, you could join us over the airwaves, I suppose, if you ever wanted to do that, um, but we get these opportunities to study the text, and even after we go through these texts we we come to different conclusions on how we 're going to preach that sermon and what part is really speaking to maybe the congregation, hopefully the congregation we 're serving or the time frame in which we are preaching it in our own life and how how what 's what 's striking us at the time and I just find that fascinating and interesting that. That God is using your words in your congregation yeah. to build his church and he's doing the same
0: I agree yeah.
1: mine. I mean even when someone walks out and says well pastor I don't like Star Wars and I'm like I had that knee jerk reaction to say I don't want you to come back
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> what's wrong with you
1: <laughs> we we can't walk together uh, <laughs> Because that's mean, what it's
0: in the confessions guide it's in the no, no, no never mind I don't mean that
1: at all I don't mean Ingest. that at all um, but you know it's one of those things where where it's just a, a beautiful opportunity that God brings to us to to meet our people where they're at and on us as well mm-hmm. so I liked it i I didn't do it justice as well as you did you you kind of brought the whole thing in um with the hat analogy I think you you hit it um Really, really well.
0: It's not an not an award show. It's uh, just going behind the scenes. I, I,
1: I think he gave the award to the wrong person, uh, Dave Endorf. I think I think it goes to, to Dave Rudat today. That uh, he is the Clint Eastwood. Do you feel lucky?
0: <laughs> you feel lucky? Sure. <laughs> okay, I can go with that. It's such a good text, and one of the things I didn't talk about, and I don't know if you talked about that, will. Will is the ethne at the end that will be given away from you and given to a people that produces its fruit? I did not. Yeah, but it is
1: beautiful that it is. It is um, expansive.
0: Yeah, and and you could say, I mean, if you really want to get the, a is contra- adversarial, that Jesus becomes anti-Semitic. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I, I did it. Uh, yeah, now's a
2: good time to say that, Dave. So, uh,
1: yeah, with everything that happened this last weekend, um, we stand with uh, <laughs> no violence to any Jewish community or any community. Uh, I, I think this is the disclaimer on the show. Um, regardless of what Pastor Rudat may say. Um, that would be, our, be Pastor Lord, Dave
2: Rudat and yes, Emmanuel Shirley.
0: Um,
1: <laughs> The rest of us would need that I'm our just Lord
0: that's what, is that's what he said. He gave it and, to another
1: people. Our
0: <laughs> <laughs> the kingdom of God is no longer there. That's what I'm saying.
1: And that still doesn't mean violence is okay.
0: That's right. Exactly. I agree. Even though know
1: the text also has violence. <laughs> yeah, <it does. laughs>
0: I gotta say,
2: some disturbing things popped up on Facebook that I was like, "Oh no, <laughs> yeah, don't say that."
1: <laughs> no, it's uh, it is a good text, and yes, you know, there's that beautiful section there where where the Lord He doesn't just phrase it. Okay, it's going to go to the same people or people of the same. It it is open group, yeah. now to all nations.
0: Yep, yeah, yeah. Wow. And what it's, it's, what marvelous. it's marvelous. It's marvelous. It always has been. Yeah, it always has been.
1: Right. I mean, if you look at the prayer of, of Solomon, the prayer of Solomon is anybody who comes and prays here that you listen, right? That that this is open to all people. Um, and it was meant to be for all people. And then it changed. It stopped being for all people. So.
0: All right. Well, if uh, the social media allows us to still continue on Thursday, we'll be talking about uh, the one big thought. Uh, one great thought. Is that one great thought?
1: One great thought. One great thought. One great thought. Yep. And
0: uh, we'll be on Thursday at 1030 or otherwise. a deep
1: thought, by the way. You got to wear, and just as a caution, I think anybody who's going to come for that show on Thursday, um, make sure you have your coffee, make sure your brain's engaged because um, it is a deep thought. Mm -hmm.
0: All right. Well, thank you very much for attending. And uh, God go with you. And... uh, Go hear a good sermon from this Sunday from Pastor Dave Endorf and Pastor Will Harley, and then go talk to Dave Rudat about who or who is not anti-Semitic.
1: And and also, then sit down and watch one of the great space operas of our century,
0: Star That's Wars, a yeah. Buddhist propaganda
2: film that you should probably
1: hit <laughs> 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 it.